We continue this week with the second in our sermon series on the Ten Commandments with Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 6. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents, to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. The word of God for the people of God. The opening of the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark has Indiana Jones in a tropical jungle somewhere in South America going through this elaborate cave system and coming across this this small golden statue on a pedestal. And his job is to get that statue out of the cave. And when he does, it triggers a system to protect it, and he ends up running from this giant boulder that's chasing him, someone outside waiting to steal the idol from him. I think that small golden statue is probably what comes to mind when we hear this term, an idol. We have biblical examples of that. As Moses is up on the mountain here getting the commandments from God, the people get impatient and they demand something to worship and they craft a golden calf for their worship. So that image of this golden statue has stuck. It's weaved its way throughout time and into culture as to what an idol is. Here in the second commandment, God is warning the people against having idols. Anything that is in heaven above or the earth beneath or the water under the earth, nothing out of those things should be made into an idol for the people. And they should not bow down and worship that idol. Idolatry and idols is one of those things that might, in our modern mindset, be difficult to consider. We might be stuck on the idea that it's some kind of physical, tangible thing, a statue or something that is easy to pick out as an idol. But that's not the case, and that's not really what is encompassing what God's talking about here. You see, an idol can be anything. Absolutely anything can become our idol. It can become the the thing that we are, are focused on. It can become the thing that we worship in different ways. It can become the thing that consumes all of our time and energy. Idols aren't necessarily just made out of things that are bad. Anything can become an idol. Things that we would consider good can become an idol. So that makes this a challenge in how we think about idols and how we really think about this commandment. 
What are some idols? Think for a second, what would you classify as a modern-day idol? I have a few that always pop in to my mind when I think of modern-day idols. I think sports for a lot of people and their team is a modern-day idol. I always find it amazing that you might have a person who, you know, if they're at a church service and that church service, you know, goes five minutes over an hour, they start getting antsy and they want to, you know, get on with their day or they have things planned. That same person will sit outside in the cold for three, four, maybe even five hours attending a sporting event to cheer on their team, decked out head to toe in, in items with the team's name on it. I often wonder that maybe for that person, maybe that's become a bit of an idol, a little too much of their focus and time and energy. So sports are an easy one. Celebrity is an easy one. Public figures are easy ones. I think for some, politicians become idols or political parties become idols. Sometimes the, a cause can become an idol and be time-consuming and have too much of our focus. So it can really be anything, and that's the challenge. But the important thing to remember is this was a warning to not craft something to try to replace God in our lives, that God has to remain central, right? The first commandment said, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. God must be central in our lives, central to who we are, to how we define ourselves, to where we find our being and belonging. So we can't craft an idol to take God's place. We try. People try all the time. We were created to worship God and to be in relationship with God. And when we try to find things to replace that, they don't live up. They aren't a good replacement. We are left longing and wanting more because they're unfulfilling. Only God can hold that place within us. Nothing else is a substitute. But we try and we try and we try and are still left wanting more. The world pushes idols on us, crafts idols ready for us, things to elicit our worship and our praise. But we do it for ourselves too. Each of us carries within us some kind of idol that we've crafted, knowingly or unknowingly, that takes our attention away from God and our relationship with God. So the first step is even recognizing it for ourselves. What are our idols? Where have we gone wrong in our focus? Is it money? Is it being busy and having a full calendar? Do we take pride in those things? Our homes, our belongings, our careers, our children even. 
what are the things that we're trying to replace God with? So the reminder here for us is that God has to remain central to us. That anything we try to replace God with will be unfulfilling and we will be stuck in this endless cycle of wanting more and trying different things and being left wanting. There's two things in this passage, though. This is the longest of the commandments that can be troublesome as we read them. This idea that God is jealous and punishes the children for the iniquity of parents. Often I remark that there are passages we will come across in the Bible that people have kind of taken and they've built entire theologies around that don't belong there. And this is one of them that shows up at several other points in the Bible. Apparently the people heard this when Moses presented the Ten Commandments, and they took this commandment and they went on believing that if something happens to a child or if a child is born with a deformity or some kind of condition, then it was the parents that sinned and the child is being punished. Ezekiel and Jeremiah would go on to talk against that specifically. And Jesus, even in the Gospel of John, when someone was blind from birth and the disciples asked, who sinned, them or their parents? Jesus said, neither sinned. We have to be careful how we read the Bible and the Old Testament and these texts that were removed by thousands of years from and always place them in their context. Hopefully that's one of the benefits of going through in depth a series like this about the Ten Commandments, something we hear so often about but don't know enough about. Remember, we have the benefit that they didn't have. The Holy Spirit is with us and dwells in us and helps us in our understanding. The Holy Spirit empowers us to let go of our idols. To refocus ourselves on God. To refocus our worship on God. To refocus our time and our energy on our relationship with God. With the larger church community. And with being God's hands and feet in this world. The gift of our faith is that even if we have crafted these idols for ourselves, even if we've gotten off track, God's grace waits for us. God's forgiveness is there. God's mercy is endless. God's love knows no bounds. And with each new day, there can be a new beginning. So wherever you are today, whatever idols you came into this with, know that God is already there at work helping you refocus so that you will receive and experience the fullness of God dwelling in you. Amen.